From DAI's International Development Team, I'm Megan Howe, and you're listening to The Practice of Partnership, a podcast about how local partnership is the cornerstone of sustainable, impactful development. On our final episode of this series, we explore new practices and approaches to partnership that can drive local engagement, local ownership, and development results. We've reached the end of the Practice of Partnership series. We've discussed how local partnership can help grow economies and businesses, strengthen democracy, and provide the drive and innovation to help countries meet their climate change goals. As we've seen, driving local partnership isn't a one-size-fits-all approach, because local partners aren't a monolith. They include local businesses, NGOs, civil society organizations, investors, corporations, and government bodies. That means partnership needs to work for partners on their terms, not just the ones that international development is accustomed to. Two projects from our portfolio that are looking at new ways to work with local entities on their terms are INVEST and Human Capital Development, or HCD+. I'm Katie Tillahan. I'm the Director of Partnerships for the USAID INVEST project. INVEST was designed to promote blended finance, so the pairing of public funds with private funds toward investment projects that have a development impact. Basically, INVEST is a USAID project that's trying to entice finance professionals and investors in key countries to invest in projects that have a development impact using blended finance. If you aren't sure what blended finance is, here's a quick overview. USAID is interested in promoting investment and in supporting small and medium enterprises in the countries where it works. And an effective way of doing this is through blended finance, where USAID can pair a relatively small amount of public funds through U.S. taxpayer dollars with commercial capital in order to unlock much larger investment. So oftentimes, the USAID funds will be used to buy down the risk of firms as they're trying to make their own market-based commercial decisions. And then that allows private sector firms to be able to make a commercial decision that's better informed and that maybe is more favorable to actually making an investment in this opportunity that has development impact. And so blended finance is really a way to pair public funding with private funding that allows much bigger development impact and much more interesting development projects because you have that combined funding. What's unique about INVEST is that the project's entire strategy is to work with non-traditional development partners like private equity firms, asset managers, and investment bankers to drive development impact. Private sector firms that are working in a market understand the market dynamics. They understand where the opportunities are in the market and where some of the um, the challenges may be in a market. They have a better idea of what financial products are available and what financial products are not available and what regulatory issues might get in the way of good business decision making. So bringing in those firms that are already working in the market, have their own networks, have their own relationships, have their own reputations in the market, those firms are able to work at a level and a speed that is different from what a traditional USAID donor-focused partner would be able to do. And so USAID 
through Invest has really targeted partnering with those non-traditional private sector partners in order to be able to bring that market knowledge and those networks to bear in support of the development impact that USAID seeks in different countries. Colin Hundermark, co-founder of Linea Capital in South Africa, is one of these partners. Through Invest, he's received funding for his firm to help him scale up his company's unique approach to providing founders with capital, called revenue-based finance. I think that's probably one of the you know, unique characteristics of revenue-based financing is, you know, whereas debt uh, typically means that you've got a fixed monthly repayment, uh, revenue-based financing kind of works slightly differently. So we will provide an amount of capital up front, and that investment capital is repaid from a percentage of revenue for a predetermined period of time or until a, a certain amount of money has been repaid. And why that's important is, you know, for, for some businesses, that they, you know, their revenue is quite seasonal. So, for example, they may be in the agri-processing business or they may be in the education business where kind of revenues are kind of linked to school years um, or to education years. And, and then in those leaner months, to have a fixed repayment really does impact cash flow. I mean, or a business could just have, for whatever other reason, a few lean months. And in, in those times, it's wonderful for your repayment to reduce or to grow in line with your, in line with your revenue. And I think that's probably the distinctive feature of revenue-based financing. Linea aims to support businesses that create a high number of jobs or whose founders may have historically found it difficult to access capital. Through Invest, Linea has been able to expand their services to early-stage enterprises and make revenue-based financing a viable option for entrepreneurs across South Africa. Being able to state that, that we have had USAID support, uh, we initially thought it was going to be kind of quite helpful for us strategically. Kind of our experience has been quite a lot better than that. So when we speak to funders from um, kind of elsewhere in the world uh, or in, in South Africa, like the eyebrows definitely get raised when we say, you know, we've been through a process of being evaluated and selected by USAID and they've provided support. It, it really has been a, like great for the corporate CV. It's been a major asset for us. Um, uh, you know, I think lots have been said in, you know, in Africa and, and certainly South Africa is no exception that there's a need for, for catalytic capital and you know, these kind of partnerships with the USAID and the partnerships that, that come as a result of that are critical to providing this, this catalytic capital, which makes our local capital providers, some of the, the institutions, much more comfortable to, to go and partner with us. So, I mean, our, our, our experience has been that, um, you know, the, the partnership with offshore entities like USAID and the Dutch Group Fund have been absolutely critical to the success of, of Linear. And I suspect, uh, you know, that'll be the, the narrative for lots of other early stage capital providers like ourselves in sort of other geographies as well, as well as South Africa. So it's, it really has been kind of instrumental uh, in, in crowding in other development finance support uh, for Linear. Kenny says Invest has worked to make it easier for these sorts of firms to apply for USAID assistance by streamlining the procurement process and developing a special partnership network. We uh, developed and continue to engage and expand 
the USAID Finance and Investment Network, the FIN as we call it for short, is now numbering about 590 firms. These are not the typical partners that are working with USAID on donor-funded activities. These are investment banks and asset managers and transaction advisors that are working and based in the markets where USAID wants to work. Joining the network is free, and it gives them access to all of the procurements that are released by Invest, so all of our funding opportunities. So we try to use the FIN as a way to bring these firms to USAID, provide them resources, provide them funding opportunities that they can compete for to really see those connections between what they do and what USAID does and how those those two pieces can come together in specific markets. We really focus on lowering barriers to entry for new partners. New firms say this very openly, that when they look at USAID opportunities, many times they see that there are good connections between what these firms do and what USAID might be doing, but the firms are nervous about engaging with USAID because they've heard that the compliance requirements and the bureaucracy can be difficult for new firms to navigate. And so a major and important role that Invest plays is trying to break down those barriers. So to do that, we we have to follow a USAID compliant procurement process. But at every single step of that process, we take a look at the compliance requirement and we say, how can we make this easier? Um, and we, we make the process move quickly. So because Invest is working with the private sector, we want to move at the speed of the private sector. And a lot of times, government, any government procurement processes are seen as slow. Typical USAID programs that are being run by a contractor and then they're subcontracting, typically three to four, maybe five months would be a typical uh, timeline for a procurement process. So when we're talking about eight to 12 weeks, two to three months, it's again, another step faster than uh, a typical procurement. Invest's approach has paid off. There's a lot of appetite to work with USAID from private sector firms, and working on their terms at their speed has catalyzed huge amounts of funding for development. Over the life of the project, Invest has awarded 240 unique subcontracts, and those have a total value of right at $96 million. 66% of the value, or just over $63 million of that amount, have been issued to new and non-traditional partners. Through those subcontracts, we have actually unlocked more than 1 billion US dollars of investment. It's really exciting to see subcontracts in that amount be able to unlock a billion dollars in investment into development projects. Helping non-traditional and private sector companies collaborate with a large development agency like USAID has proved an innovative and effective approach to local investment generation. The key to success has been looking at ways to reduce the administrative burdens of partnership and working at the pace and speed of the private sector. Another innovative approach to partnership is the HCD Plus project. The project was started by the outgoing vice president of ECOWAS, or the Economic Community of West African States, after she saw the need for greater investment in human capital development. She appealed to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for funding, which provided a grant to start a new pan-African organization that would drive human capital development reform forward across West and Central Africa. Here's Dr. Joe Abba, Country Director for DAI's Nigeria office. Uh, for for ACD+, Plus, it's, it's actually a continental platform uh, work that would work with a focus on five uh, countries in Africa, of which Nigeria 
is one. And the reason why it is important is because um, a lot of the focus in many developing countries is on infrastructure. And infrastructure is important, of course. You need you need roads, you need um, you know, you need power, you need to be able to move people and goods around. And you need infrastructure to do that. However, the, the greatest resource of any organization or any society are its people. Um, but investments in health, education, gender equality, uh, nutrition, maternal mortality tends not to win elections here. Elections are won based on your cutting a tape to a new road or, or a new road or a new bridge. So so what HCD Plus does is actually to advocate for a greater focus on human capital development, both in terms of budgeting, planning, policy, and execution, and to do that with data. The organization, which is entirely staffed and led by Africans, supports participating country governments to develop policies in education, healthcare, and other human capital-related sectors. Here's more from the project manager. Uh, my name is Virtus Ingodikav. I currently lead the program management unit of DIA in Nigeria. The idea of PCT Plus emerged from a gap that Madame um, Vinder Koroma, who was the just outgoing vice president in ECOWAS, noticed having worked with African countries and, and also managed the HCT um, portfolio of ECOWAS. It is a pan African organization. The scope of that organization is beyond the grant that is funding it now, that's kickstarted it. It has a financial plan. It was set up to work with different uh, countries, country government, from where they are at. So it was set up to work within the systems of the country government. It's a policy uh, influencer, so it's focused on just advocating for putting KCD Plus on top of the agendas of most governments, and also being that hub, that technical hub for resources around KCD. Dr. Joe says creation of new entities is an effective and sustainable method of boosting local engagement and local partnership. In terms of creating new um, organizations, yes, we found that that has worked, HCD uh, Plus where basically we're able to take an idea from concepts to, to uh, all the way through to a functional, sustainable um, organization. We also place a lot of emphasis on sustainability, making sure that these organizations are not totally dependent on the seed funding from the donor and is able to look at other ways in which to, to, to raise funds and to sustain themselves. More importantly, to also design ourselves out of the governance structure and out of the support structure, but provide some handholding initially for the organization to, to, to get on its feet. HCD Plus is a new program with a new approach, so data on its impact hasn't yet come in. But crucially, the program has embraced a completely local way of working, not just in its structure, staffing, or funding, but also in its results, outputs, and deliverables. 
The organization advocates within country governments and helps these governments develop their own policies to strengthen human capital development. Outside policy origination is prohibited. This is important because Virtuous says mainstream attempts to utilize more local partners or staff can often be a tick-the-box exercise. Without genuine co-development of projects or objectives, initiatives are often unsustainable and unfit for the local context. Building effective local partnership requires innovation, ingenuity, and a commitment to fully appreciate local knowledge and talent. Programs like Invest and HCD Plus provide new models and approaches for how to work with different types of partners and how to effectively drive local engagement. Local partnership is about more than giving local partners more money, more decision-making power, or more staffing positions. It's about co-creating programs and projects that lead to excellent development results and engineering new approaches to collaboration that create development value over the long term. The Practice of Partnership is a DAI production. Check out our show notes for the links to the research we use in this episode. If you liked the show, leave us a rating or you can get in touch with me, Megan Howe, on Twitter. For more information, visit our website at dai.com slash practice of partnership dash podcast. See you next time.